Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax. Just anything else that's going on, just let it fall by the wayside. Just be reminded that God knows exactly where you are. You don't need to try to get his attention. We're all in this together. And he knows exactly the circumstances that you need to bring you to the point where he wants to get you. Part of our challenge that we've been talking about is developing a a supernatural strategy. And I want to back up a little bit. There seems to be just a little bit of need to revisit the difference between soul and self. I think everybody gets spirit and body, but the soul and the the self. And don't don't get hung up on the wording. We use words so we have a commonality. You know, so we can discuss something without being tripped up by the language. For instance, if I am holding a a writing utensil and I call it a pen and you call it a sailboat, we're going to have a hard time agreeing what writing is. So we simply come up with, with terms, with words that we can share a common meaning about. So... When we talk about, when I talk about soul, I'm talking about the gift that God gave us at some point in time. Don't know whether it was here on this earth or before and how long we'll have it, but it's a a gift that God gave us that was originally, when God created Adam and Eve, they were spirit, soul, and body all one, united, the Life, eternal life, they had it already. They already had eternal life. And that life was present 100% in the spirit, in the soul, and in the body. But it flowed from spirit to soul to body. And and to say, you know, to describe it as layers is, is a misrepresentation, but we're not going to spend too much time on that now. But the whole point being that just as your your physical being this your physical gift that God gave you your physical body God also gave you a soul that has a mind a will and emotions which are valuable to God and they're special to him and he wants them to be special to you he values your soul he gave you the soul he wanted you to have it ain't broke he ain't going to fix it your soul is not the problem, except that it's apart from the spirit. Now, this is what the task that God has set himself. He's working on rejoining, reuniting your soul, your mind, will, and emotions with your spirit to return that relationship between your soul and spirit. Our problem is, that while we were separate, and while we are separated, 
from spirit and in the aspect of our soul, we are meddling with the thing, the circumstances and the way we react and our wounds. We, we are filling the gap on our own without God's help, without God's direction, without God doing anything. So, for instance, we, God gave you a soul that has a need for uh, meaningful relationships. Now, our first meaningful relationship is with God, which is through your spirit. But if you don't have that part of your soul reconnected with God, you're going to seek for meaningful relationships that are less than good for you. And you may misinterpret, you may find yourself in situations because of that God-given need for relationships that you are trying to fill with your own mind, your own will, and your own emotions apart from God. Now, they're God-given needs. Your soul has God-given needs. And since they're God-given, he meets them. But we're in the process. Because, again, while our soul has been separated from our spirit, our soul has been coming up, concocting its own way of of doing things. We've talked before about Adam and Eve being kicked out of the garden, them being driven away and probably just sitting on a rock. What do we do now? And they have to start from scratch. Their soul had never, you know, Adam's soul, Eve's soul had never had to confront with life, with living, with making a decision, with what are we going to have for dinner tonight? What's dinner? What do you mean have? Their needs were fully met. So in the interim, we have created, you and I, have come up with a substitute spirit. We've come up with a buffer. We've filled the gap with stuff of our own choosing, our own imagination, our own creation. And that's what we're calling self. And we call it self because it fits our soul perfectly. It accommodates the soul, the beautiful soul that God gave you. It mimics it. It mirrors it. It looks like it because it's created around it. Now, one of the strongest features, characteristics of your soul is the need for control. And that need for control is based around the need for or the, and the desire to get those God-given needs met. So if those God-given needs, met, uh, needs aren't met by God, the soul says, well, I need to find a way to get those needs met. That is the essence of control. When we try to control our circumstances, we are trying to get our needs met. 
when we try to control other people, we are trying to get our needs met. When we're trying to control God, we're trying to get our needs met. God knows that. He doesn't hold it against you. He doesn't say, you're not good enough. You're doing it wrong. You're impatient. He doesn't accuse us because he gave us that soul with those needs, and he knows that he's put us in a position where we can't get those needs met outside of him. And it's taking time. And, you know, maybe that's something we need to add to our list of something that that Adam and Eve could never develop, and that's endurance, patience. You know, they, you know, we've talked so many times about appreciation and gratitude. Let's add endurance to that. They never had to endure anything. They never had to work at anything. This is why there's something in us, in our soul, to be productive, for our life to have meaning, value to other people, to ourselves, even to God. You know, why am I here? And I'll tell people that, you know, your purpose here is not about being productive. It's not about achieving something. And some people, oh, what a relief. Others are, no, I want that. I want to be able to see what I'm supposed to be doing here so I can do it. And it's just because we have different kinds of souls. You know, with a, with a mind and a will and emotions, how those are put together, each one of us has a unique and special soul. Your soul is special. God gave you the soul he wanted you to have for your time here on this earth. Just to give you, you know, some real simple illustrations. This is a not, don't, don't draw these out to any uh, great meaning, but just as, an, as a word illustration. We, God lets, our, lets us learn and, and seek him about wounds and things that God is working on in our soul by letting our, our self, our self-control fail or get us in trouble. Let's say you have anger and anger gets you in trouble. Or let's say you're easily offended and your solution to that is you've cut off yourself from people. You, anybody who tries to talk to you, you stick your fingers in your ears and you la, 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 because you just don't want to be offended. Well, that's yourself trying to protect you. The problem is, is yourself is protecting your soul from God. Because that's God saying, there's a wound here. There's a lie that you're believing that we need to deal with. It's a red flag. And instead of trying to even look for the red flags, they'll make themselves known. That's God's job to let, oh, look, here's a red flag. You know, we talk about going around the, the mountain over and over and over again. That's a red flag. If you're going, if you're struggling, if you can't keep a job, 
you you know you can't keep a relationship you keep having health issues can't keep having financial issues those are red flags stop just dealing with the i can't keep a job or getting another job getting a better job it's what is the red flag showing you is there something going on in your soul that yourself is resisting god's intervention Remember, it's not a surprise to your spirit. It's not a surprise to God. And even in that process of you, you know, being uh, persistent and pushing God away in that area, there's something that is being developed. You know, however God chooses, you know, so often we have an issue in our lives that we want God to deal with, and he seems like he'll be dealing He's willing to deal with or heal us or free us from everything but that one thing that keeps driving us nuts. And here's the thing. If you turn it around, you go, okay, but look at all the other things that God has dealt with. The 16 other things. He may not have dealt with the 17th seventeenth thing that was important to you, but he got got to all those other 16 things, the healing and the truth and the freedom, areas where you were burdened and and behind bars in chains, unable to move, unable to react. So even his priority list, his to-do list, he knows what he's doing, and it's for our good not because we're a bad example of what it is to be a Christian. We don't have to worry about that. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about consequences of where you are right now. Be in in this. Be in Christianity. Be in relationship with God for the long haul. Not just this lifetime, but however many lifetimes or existences we any of us have we don't need to be putting our life on hold until you reach a certain level of whether you want to call it spiritual maturity or understanding or perfection or uh you know whatever solical abilities whatever no right now and that one of the things we're going to talk about is talking about a supernatural strategy is going to be a lifestyle and not something you do we can we can liken that to being an athlete being an athlete is you know on on a high level it's something you put your or you know not just being an athlete but you put your whole life around into it from the time you get up till the time you go to bed, all all the decisions about how you spend your time are, if you want to be a high-level competitor, it takes a full lifestyle, uh, in, you know, an investment. Same way with, you know, a lot of education is, okay, if you're wanting to study for the, for the medical school, that takes a lot of time, energy, and effort, and you just put everything to the side for now, until you've accomplished that goal. But it becomes a lifestyle. Now, fortunately, knowing God is a lot simpler than that. 
because it's your soul's home. Relationship between your soul and your spirit. Both your soul and your spirit want to get back to that. And your body. But say you've got this, you're, let's say you're easily offended. And so, you, again, you stick your fingers in your ears and you, and you hide away from everybody. You stop talking. Anybody who doesn't agree with you, you stop talking to them. That's yourself. It's, it's like armor. Your soul is filling in the gap of God protecting you, defending you, keeping you from getting uh, emotionally distracted or whatever it is that's offensive to you, if, if that's scarring or hurtful to you emotionally. When your soul is reconnected to your spirit, everybody's, there's two kinds of people in the world, those that have been rejected and those that have been rejected more. That's not going to be really something we can control other people to stop doing. But we can, as your soul is reconnected with your spirit, you'll find yourself, be, find yourself becoming less and less offended by what other people do and even what God does. Because your soul will no longer need its me, need have its needs met by circumstances, but by God Himself through your spirit. So, yourself is like the armor that protects you. It can be like a weapon; you can become sharp-tongued, or it can be like a crutch. Don't expect too much from me because I had a bad childhood. It can be like wearing dark glasses all the time so nobody can see into your eyes or can see that you're on drugs. It can be like earplugs. I don't want to hear anything that I don't believe in, that I don't already agree with. Don't challenge what I think. Don't challenge what I feel. So that's the difference between our soul and ourself. The soul is part of who you are. Yourself are these methods, these habits that you've developed to deal with your spirit, your soul not being connected with your spirit. Now, God doesn't hold it against you that you are offended, that you uh, have, that you're sharp-tongued that you are wearing armor, that you're using a crutch, that you're wearing, wearing dark glass, glasses and wear earplugs all the time. He doesn't hold that against you. But he's like, okay, we're going to work on that. He's going to give you ears that hear, eyes that see, and can be seen. Because when we're not afraid of being hurt, when we're not afraid of being rejected, we don't need those sunglasses. We don't need that crutch. 
And it's not a matter of as if. It's a reality. It's an objective reality. That when God heals you in an area, it changes you. And you're connected with your spirit, so that part of your soul has its needs met. And in that area, you no longer have to wear those earplugs. You no longer have to wear that armor. And God picks which he wants to deal with first. Because, for instance, that armor, okay, you've been hurt. And so you protect yourself. God doesn't say, well, don't, you shouldn't be afraid of, the, of being hurt. It's like, no, he heals you. And he teaches you how to get healed. Because you're going to get hurt again. But he doesn't want you depending on the armor for your security, for your protection. He wants your soul to depend on your spirit, which is that's where God is. That's where eternal life is. That's where where the healer is. That eternal life is available from God through your spirit. And so we're in transition. Transitions are always hard. Change is hard. And it's messy and we make mistakes. And it can be confusing. But the more we can just focus on, well, what can I do? Objectively, what can I do? What am I supposed to be doing? Rather than focusing on, I need to understand before I change. I need to understand. I need to to know how God heals before I let him heal me. No, let him do his thing. But understand, odds are the direction God has taken you is probably not someplace you've been before. Now, we don't understand time. We don't understand what came before this. Maybe like Adam and Eve, we were all, well, we were all in Adam and Eve, so we were all in the garden just as we were all in Christ when he, when he hung on the cross and when, when we were all resurrected in him. But we all have our own individual experiences. The God, God being a creative God and his very nature being to give his love, he needs somebody to receive that love. That's his part of his Desires that we be able to receive unconditionally what he gives unconditionally. So we see things from his perspective, but it becomes very personal. When he starts addressing areas of our own life that need to be healed, need to be changed. And of course, this doesn't mean that we don't, that we stop asking, God, how does this work? That's part of what we're doing here is, is being objective about how does this work? How does, you know, our soul function? How does the supernatural realm function? How does this work? Because this is, this is the realm, this is the natural habitat for your soul, is the supernatural realm, the soulical realm. It's not the natural, it's not here on this earth, not the body, it's not spirit, it's not God. It's this 
place in between where there are other supernatural things going on, which we can participate in, and I believe God wants us to participate in. There is value for us, for our soul, to participate in being a soul, unhindered from ourselves. So that whatever that area is, well, let's say bitterness, say there's a, there's a wound or a bitterness, a, a belief that you have. You know, say you used to believe that God just wound it up, you know, wound up the universe and just let it, let it go, and he's just sitting over on this big rock that he can't move and watching it. That could cause a lot of bitterness when you hear God is love and yet people around you die and bad things happen. So God comes in with his truth. And sometimes his truth doesn't mean you understand. God is not obligated to answer your questions. God is not obligated to do anything. What he does, who he is, is not out of obligation. It's out of his very nature. God is love. He doesn't love as a verb. He is love as a noun. It's who and what he is and does. And he gives that love. So from our perspective, very much, most, you know, so much of as we receive the changes that God is doing in restoring our soul, restoring our mind, healing our emotions, bringing them into alignment with truth, giving us good judgment, developing our ability to see truth, to see right and wrong, to develop good judgment, sound judgment, and express it. Those are all parts of your soul that God values and loves and wants us to value and love. But as he does that, we don't know what it's going to look like. You and I, you know, we, we have scriptures that describe a small portion of what Jesus did while he was here on this earth. It's a very small, limited portion of what he did and said and how he behaved and how he related to his father. And that's what we have, you know, let alone how little we have about Adam and Eve, the first, first example but to see what it would look like to be a full spirit, soul, and body here on this earth. We don't know what it looks like. We don't know what it sounds like. We don't know what it acts like or behaves like or feels like. It's unknown territory. I've always liked the example of you know, the uh, uh, mother and father eagle, you know, the eagle that's ready to, you know, has, is, has his wing feathers developed and how do they get, you know, it's time to kick the eaglet out of the nest. Now, those nests are really high up. And if that little baby can't slow its descent, it's going to not make it. And God does that with each one of us. 
We're ready for it. But he makes us uncomfortable that where we've been is unacceptable. It's not working anymore. And, and so we leave the nest and we find out we can fly. And now that we've learned we can fly, now the hard work starts. We have to learn how to hunt. We, need, we have to learn how to make our own nest, how to find other eagles to hang out with, how to raise our own family. And that's what makes the, the first eagle parent successful. It's not that they kicked the eagle out and it didn't go splat, the little baby, but that that little baby is now a successful eagle on its own. Our goal is not to get back into that nest. Our goal is to live as eagles. Not just learn how to fly, but to be who and what we are. We will never go back to that nest. We'll start from where we are and see where we go. So um, I do appreciate hearing from you and your questions. Any area you have feedback or you need clarification, I'm always glad to hear from you. You can drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org. There's a contact uh, page there. You can contact me through Blog Talk Radio. Uh, Otherwise, we'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.